Hey, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Yaroslav. Welcome to the third episode of Shortcasts. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you've been with us before, then welcome back. Shortcasts is a podcast talking about series shortcuts. If you have a question about any episode or about shortcuts in general, just send us a DM on Twitter, a message on our Discord server, or in our channels on the Discord server for shortcuts and we'll answer it in the next episode. If we have something you're extra curious about, could have you join us on an episode and we could run through some live questions or walkthroughs. By the way, we have a new iMessage sticker pack available. Check it out on the iMessage App Store. Today we are covering something that anybody creating shortcuts for distribution should know about. Version controlling, revision histories, and the use of Routine Hub for releasing your shortcut for distribution to others. Yes, we are excited for this one. And we got Harry Hicks with us today. He's the creator of Routine Hub, so we'll get some background info on the creation of this site that most shortcut creators have either used for shortcuts, downloading, uploading, or both. With that, let's get started with the episode. Hi, Harley. Welcome to the show. I'm a big fan of the site and I've loved using it with my shortcuts. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you for having me. Good to finally get in touch with you and talk about the website. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. used it quite a bit. Same here. Good, yeah. So I first found out about Routine Hub when I was looking at one of the other shortcast members' shortcut called Lightning Update. I was really curious about it and how it all worked. And at that point, I hadn't even heard of Routine Hub yet. But that brings up my first question, really, is where did you see the need or, I guess, what stemmed your idea for Routine Hub to get started? There is kind of an interesting story. Um, I'm, I'm a developer myself, uh, of course, since I created the site, you guys know that. But um, <laughs> having seen just what shortcuts can do, I saw it as a really good way for people to um, kind of get their foot in the door <laughs> with learning basic programming, simple things from if statements to for loops, that kind of stuff. Most people don't know how to do that, and they're not necessarily going to dive into Python documentation right away. Whereas with shortcuts, it's a lot simpler to kind of get into that and understand a little bit more. And I remember the day that iOS 12 was released, I downloaded it, checked it out, and I was like, this thing is really cool. And then I realized that there's, there, at the time, there was literally no community or way of version controlling the shortcuts, which in my opinion was kind of a, a big oversight on Apple's part, especially when you look at the amount of community and collaboration there is with developers. When you look at GitHub and I mean, a Slack channel for pretty much anything you wanna learn when it comes to programming out there. Right, yeah, great vision that you had for it. And that it kind of blows my mind when I was thinking about getting the content ready for the episode, because looking back to iOS 12, I honestly didn't even know much about shortcuts at that point in time when it first came out. And then I did some work with it, but it was mostly just using it. I hadn't even dove into what it could do at that point in time. Right. I'm not sure if you guys know this, it was actually called Workflow before. And essentially the team that the startup that built Workflow 
they were super young, but they actually got acquired by Apple and Apple kind of worked with them to implement it as a, you know, as part of iOS 12, which is pretty cool. And I've had the opportunity to talk to a couple of the guys on the workflow team and they're super nice and helpful and just have a really good vision of moving forward with it. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting how that has progressed. Yeah. I, I didn't know that much about workflow before, but I know there's a number of people in the subreddit that have been around for the workflow days and then through iOS 12 and now into iOS 13. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I love the idea of knowing that once I upload my shortcut versions to Routine Hub, they go live for users to be able to download it. So long as I'm using an updater, like letting update on this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with pretty much any software out there, you have an updater type of framework. I mean, yeah. that, and that's something, again, I kind of saw as an oversight and that wasn't the original part of the original plan with Routine Hub. But when I first started it up, I basically had a, I don't know if you guys know what Hootsuite is, but it's a social media manager. I basically had a keyword search for iOS shortcuts and was checking that every day obsessively, just trying to gauge what people were doing and, and how it was being used. And that's actually how I found out about Mike Beasley, who created Update Kit. And him and I, I, I contacted him right away as soon as I saw his first tweet and basically was like, hey, I'm starting this project called Routine Hub. Wanted to see kind of what your thoughts were on if it were possible to integrate this in a way that would allow Routine Hub users to update and make that happen. And he was great to work with. I still work with him once in a while when we get a chance to collaborate, but he's... Uh, yeah, it's been really cool seeing that grow and seeing other people work on other versions or uh, different interpretations of that. And yeah, it's cool to see that grow as a feature. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't realize, I guess, how it was that you would have gotten things started. But that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess then stemming from that, do you have any future plans for Routine Hub? Do you see sort of some vision that you have you don't have to share everything if you've got something that's in the works that isn't quite ready yet but i'm just curious i mm -hmm. guess if you've got some idea of what the future holds for routine hub or if there's some sort of updates coming maybe yeah so if you are not on the routine hub discord uh server you should definitely jump in there uh, any of the listeners or you guys um we regularly are kind of throwing around ideas and stuff um, unfortunately, for the past six months or so, life for me has been really crazy. And I just started a new job two weeks ago. And so I don't really have a lot of time to work on routine uh, at the moment. But for future plans, I'm hoping to work on some, some new features, one of them being unlisted or private shortcuts that would allow people to have stuff internally for their company or for just like their friends and family type of thing. And then also expanding the API and opening that up and documenting it for people who want to do other things. So not just for updaters, but possibly for other things that they, they could use Routine Hub for with their shortcut. So those are the two big ones that I hear quite a bit about. We've got a bunch of small little features um, people have been throwing around, but those are the two big ones I, I could see helping grow the site more. And then the third one is something that I've been throwing around in my own head. We haven't really talked about it much in the Discord, but it's creating a, a section of the site that's more about education and learning about how to use shortcuts um, and hopefully having 
guests that know quite a bit, like Mike Beasley, or hopefully, you know, Federico Petici or someone like that, who'd be able to write up something to help people who are learning. And I'm not sure. It would be fun to have that. It's a lot of work. That's almost a completely separate product from what Routine Hub already is. However, my original idea was to make shortcuts available for anybody. So even my mom could do something on her iPhone that would help her on her daily needs. However, it's not turned out that way. It's become more niche. And I still, <laughs> I still consider it a success. However, my main goal is going to be harder to meet. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I know that's a, a question that I see come up a lot on, on Reddit and on Discord as well, where people are just generally wanting to know, okay, someone mentioned shortcuts to me. <laughs> now, how do I use it? Or why do I need to use it? Or what could I use it for? And it's such an open-ended question that I think a lot of people don't know how to answer because it's up to the user. But if the user doesn't know what they can do, then they can't really do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I um, completely agree. And that's, like I said, that's kind of one of the things that I'm, I'm struggling with is not only having documentation for how to use, you know, uh, kits. Like there's a lot of people that create these frameworks that work inside shortcuts. Those are just wildly complex and super cool. But the average user doesn't need to know that information. They need to understand what a shortcut is, how they can download it, what it means to update, the security implications, just the basic stuff. And if there's anybody interested in helping me out with that, if but I'm, I mean, again, to your listeners or to you guys, if there's anybody here interested in helping out with that part of the site, send me an email or hit me up on Discord. I, unfortunately, I've most of my time has been taken up actually building and, and running and maintaining the site. And unfortunately, I don't get a lot of time to actually build shortcuts myself anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine just running the site and trying to update it is probably taking a lot of your time. Yeah. I saw some mention in the Routine Discord server about using Coil as a way to monetize shortcuts and to support the site without needing ads. Can you elaborate a little bit on this topic for the listeners? Yes, I can. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about that, you and I. One of the struggles I have as a developer is monetizing a site and keeping it running. Routine Hub costs around $50 a month to run, which is really not that much considering the traffic that comes through. And I'm in a spot financially where I can swing that. It's not a huge deal. However, 2019 was the first full year that it ran. And actually, we broke even every month. So haven't really had to spend money myself. However, moving forward, being able to invest more time and energy into the site, it would be good to be able to have that as a financial backing, essentially. Um, but as as someone who respects privacy and, and ethically feels wrong about modern advertising, I don't feel right about just throwing Google ads on my site. Anybody who's been there has seen the little block at the bottom that says routine hub ads and lets people sponsor. That's been great. I was able to reach out to a bunch of app developers at the beginning and kind of work with them. But to be honest, running that as a single developer who has, you know, four kids and a bunch of animals and has to run a household, <laughs> that's, that's a whole job. Reaching out to a sponsor and working with them, it's just a lot of work. Recently, I discovered a, a this, these, this group of developers is working on a protocol. They're hopefully getting it standardized within browsers that allows people to basically put some money into, you know, like a subscription into an account. So say $5 a month, 
And any site you go to that's registered with that company, you basically will give them a little bit of money every every second that's on their site. So say you're on the Wall Street Journal for five minutes reading their article. Every second that you're reading that article, a little bit of money comes out of that $5 you spend a month to that website. So you're only spending $5 a month, but you are able to financially provide for these websites who normally would have heavy ads that are tracking you and bogging the site down and making the experience horrible. That's where Coil comes in. Coil is a $5 a month subscription service that basically allows you to go to, allows you to pay people. I've been experimenting with it a little bit, trying different things out locally on my development machine. Haven't really come up with an idea for it yet. The one thing I struggle with is, yes, I'm the one who built the site, but I would say 99% of the content is not mine. And I want to be able to incentivize the people who actually make quality content that people use. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that while also keeping the site afloat. So that's where I'm at with with Coil. Coil is a really, really cool new product, but there's some things to to think about. Yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. I know you and I had discussed a little bit about it when you brought the idea up in the routine hub discord server yeah and it sounds really i don't know a new innovative idea that i like had never even thought of before but it makes a lot of sense like you were saying you know you spend the five dollars a month and some of that goes to you know this site here and that site over there that you're visiting as long as they're it has to be that they're affiliated in or they have some sort of an account you said with coil yes so for instance the subscriber would have to have a coil account and i would also have to have a coil account in order to receive those funds okay and the funds i believe currently are cryptocurrency that you would convert into real cash so like i said there's some things to still think about there that makes sense yeah i think that's all i had on coil did you have any other questions about coil miroslav no do you have anything you're currently working on in terms of shortcuts or other projects that could be tied into shortcuts or routine up calls? Not at the moment. There's a lot of stuff I'd like to work on within Routine Hub itself. I have other projects that I'm working on outside of Routine Hub that I touch occasionally, but they are, I mean, one's a Nintendo Switch database. Yeah, and, and then the other one, which is called Switch Vault, and then the other one which is in beta. It's it's in heavy need of some work. The other one's called Headphones, and it basically lets you track new music by the artists that you follow on Spotify. So the stuff that I do are usually pretty niche products that don't make any money. So I usually get really excited about them and work on them for a while. And then if they take off, I will support them. And if they don't, it usually ends up just being me that uses it. Right now with shortcuts, I think Apple's on the right path. I would like to see something like Routine Hub that would be a native application. I would love to work on that. However, that requires some learning on my part. Uh, you know, I, there's there's not much that I'm working on personally with it at the moment. No. Yeah. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about workflow was being used or when it was still a separate entity outside of Apple. Were you using it at that point before they were acquired by Apple and then it turned into shortcuts or was it something that you were just aware of or maybe made aware of after the fact? I'm the nerd that 
tries out the new apps on Thursday evening when Apple does all their kind of advertising in the app store. Not so much anymore, but I was at that point. And so Workflow was featured, shoot, 2016, 2017, I believe, on the app store. And I downloaded it, thought it was interesting. But at the time, there was only a certain amount of depth you could go with it. Since they've been acquired by Apple, now that they're integrated into iOS, there's a lot more you can do, of course. Before, you couldn't really do things that were automated because Apple wasn't about to just let a company into those parts of iOS. I downloaded it, was like, this is cool. And then it just sat on my home screen for a long time until shortcuts came around. What device or devices do you utilize the most for shortcut editing and creation? Right now, just my iPhone. I have an iPhone XR, which is awesome. And it's great for really, really would love Mac support at some point. Uh, it yes. It's a lot easier. I know Vatici, he's kind of shown his method, basically runs it somehow on his screen on his Mac, which is really cool. But it's still drag and drop like you'd use it on, on the phone. So yeah, just the phone right now. But would love Mac support if Apple's listening. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope too. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, a lot of users I see that are asking about having Mac support. One, for being able to use their the keyboard and the mouse and also just the much larger screen to see everything that's going on. Yeah, as a developer, I live on a keyboard. A drag and drop interface is great for someone learning the ropes and it's great for small for small things. However, as soon as you start to get more complicated, it slows the process down in my opinion. The guys that spend their time making these huge frameworks on shortcuts, in my eyes, they're amazingly patient because I couldn't do it. I think if they're able to kind of make it a little easier for the heavy developers, the heavy users that are the power users, I think they would grow even more and we would see much bigger things happening in shortcuts. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I know there's some other tools out there like SCPL site and a couple of other tools I've seen other people using, but I haven't really dove into it a whole lot because I don't know if it's going to break at some point or not. And I know mm-hmm. at least the app on my phone works most of the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 SCPL, um, shout out to PFG works on that, um, is awesome. It, but again, as a solo developer, he just doesn't have enough time to work on that and maintain it as, as they make changes. And that's kind of, I've been waiting for someone to crack it. I would love to write that myself to make it so you can go on to Routine Hub and look at everything that's happening in a shortcut before you download it or to even write a shortcut within Routine Hub. And the thing that I originally thought would be super cool is being able to fork a shortcut similar to how you would do on GitHub. So say you really like the um, the utilities menu shortcut, but you want to make some edits to it. You could fork it and you could edit it right in routine hub and it would show where it came from what the original one was etc but it's hours of work and i'm hoping i'm hoping someone else cracks it yeah that would be a really nice feature yeah i i think it would be killer it would definitely take it the next step there's a lot of work a lot of work there uh, what is your preferred method for routine hub support contact i was thinking where the site itself but i don't know that you also have a discord server set up as well there's support on the site that sends me an email 
which I try to check daily. Unfortunately, again, because life's gotten a little crazy, it's been a little bit more difficult. However, on the <laughs> Discord channel, it's probably easier because I usually see it and can respond to it within a couple of days. Most of the time at this point, it just becomes a ticket that I'm hoping to get to at some point. But if you have issues logging in or anything that's just like a basic daily little issue, yeah, definitely email me or, or send me, uh, hit me up on on Discord and I can fix that for you. That's perfect. I think we kind of touched a little bit on this. You said you were a developer by nature. We were just curious, like your background, but I had assumed it was computer or software engineering. You don't have to touch a lot on it. I was just curious as to your, I guess like your schooling or maybe where you got a lot of your technical knowledge from. Sure. I have been messing around with computers since as early as I can remember, um, having a desktop, the first desktop we had in our house as a, as a family. And I'm, I, I really believe in, in self-learning. I tried doing the university route and just, I couldn't do it. Uh, I have to do it at my own pace. So I, it's a mixed bag. I learned some in school. I learned some on my own. I think I know what you mean. It, it's difficult because sometimes you can learn some of this stuff in a classroom yes. and you can learn it while watching someone else do it. Yes. But there's other times when, especially with it, when it comes to shortcuts, you kind of need to just do it. Yes. It's, it's, it helps to have a background in, in some coding, I suppose, but with shortcuts itself, it's almost more of a visual experience. Mm-hmm because of the way that it's written and the way that the app works. Yes. But that's quite interesting that university wasn't really your cup of tea, I guess, for lack of a better term. But that's good that you've you've made it to where you're at and everything is working out for you because it yeah. seems like you're you're doing well. Um yeah, so it's it's funny. I just actually the, the job I just took, I'm working at Pluralsight now, which is basically a tech learning a tech skills platform and it's kind of funny to me that I, I kind of keep coming back to that. University was cool. I still love textbooks. I buy textbooks for fun, which is probably way too nerdy. <laughs> and, you know, I I like academia as an idea. Unfortunately, the, the way that schools have gone, here in the U.S. at least, is that, you know, if you don't make it to class enough times, your score goes down, which still kind of confounds me. Having come from Canada, where you get your work done and you get good grades, then you're fine. Like it doesn't matter, you know, if, if I can't make it to class cause I'm sick, uh, but I still read the textbook and I'm doing fine, then what's the problem here? So I found myself exploring more online learning and being able to literally do four classes in two or three days rather than over four weeks was awesome. And then, you know, you take a break for a week or two and come back to it uh, rather than, having to stick to the strict schedule that a faculty member has made. And if you go too far ahead, you're in trouble. And if you get too far behind, you're in trouble. Again, that learning style has pervaded most of my life. Um, my children are homeschooled. My daughter's upstairs doing school right now. I'm working at a at a company that basically lets you learn tech skills at your own pace. And I highly, I think that's the route we need to go. I don't want my dentist doing that or my doctor, but <laughs> I, I think for for many professions now, it's the way to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I tell that to people 
quite often. Um, I'm an engineer. My profession is an engineer, but I think that there's a lot of skills and other career choices that don't require going to a university for four or six years. Right. But because of so many different companies out there, you're required to have that piece of paper, even though you might be able to learn just as much more substantially more on your own or through some other technical learning platform, like what it sounds like you guys are doing at your new employer, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for myself being thrown in the deep end is uh, kind of my sweet spot. It, you know, having to dig myself out and figure out what to do helps me become a better developer and uh, helps me learn new skills in it. Textbooks are great for learning the base core ideas, but the base core ideas are only going to get you so far. It's funny that you mentioned the papers because I've been seeing more and more lately, you'll see a new technology pop out like Vue.js. And sorry if this is getting a little off topic, but you'll see you'll see a company who's like, we need someone with five years of experience of Vue.js. And you're like, well, considering Vue's been out for four years, it's going to be hard to do. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's interesting to me kind of seeing both perspectives. And I think companies are starting to kind of get a better grasp on the fact that like, and that's at Pluralsight where I work, that's kind of what we're trying to help out with is hire somebody that works for your culture and then give them the skills to, to succeed. You know, not everybody's going to have the knowledge of Vue, but if they understand JavaScript and you give them the right information, then they'll succeed. And it's kind of, that was my, again, that was kind of my idea with shortcuts with making Routine Hub is making that more accessible and giving a way for, for people to learn more of those smaller programming ideas and skills. And again, if you look at the Discord, I don't know if it's just because it's Discord or if it's indicative of the rest of Routine Hub, but most of the people using Routine Hub are, are in high school or are in the learning phase of, of their programming adventure. And so I think that's super cool and a great way for them to, to learn those things. Yeah. So next question. What do you think about the future of shortcuts? Um, I think Apple needs to get in on this. Would love if they purchased Routine Hub and integrated it into the main product. <laughs> but uh, I mean that as a joke, but also seriously, I, I think they need a way of doing this local to the device. And I also think they need to keep up with what's what's happening in the developer scene and kind of modeling that within shortcuts as well. Now, as for the future, I think I think honestly, the shortcuts team over at Apple are doing a phenomenal job of rolling out new features and keeping things relevant. I mean, if, even if you look at the difference between iOS 12 and iOS 13, the amount of things that they changed and updated and made better was huge. And I think they're on the right path. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. It would be nice if they clean up the, the current app and the current ecosystem, I guess, and then develop it a bit further, like you were saying, with either the purchase of Routine Hub, which would be great for you, I'm sure, or uh, something else maybe that they have in the works. I, I don't know. I, I see Routine Hub being a, a long-lasting part of the shortcuts world for right now anyways because of how integrated it is with the different communities that I'm involved in and the various people I see that host their stuff there. Um, yeah. And I hope it continues to be that way. I hope I'm able to spend some more time on it to develop it into what the community needs. I know that will most likely change over time and that I'm always open to new ideas of, of what people, uh, what people need. Definitely. 
So um, I guess then with that, Harley, I know, I don't know what kind of time constraints you have today, but I know you've got your kids at home and everything. So I did want to ask you one more question. Sure. And really, this is something for you to answer me back with. But what <laughs> uh, what kind of other points, I guess, would you like to make or what other things would you like to say about shortcuts or routine hub or maybe something that you would like to see some shortcut creators start doing? Oh, man. It can be as big or a little as you want. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very uh, wide question. You know, at, after having this conversation with you guys, I think one of the biggest things I would like to see more of is people making educational material that, whether that's an actual site or just a blog post or whatever, that can help people jump in and help people dive into the not only... Uh, the complex parts, but also just starting, you know, day one, how shortcuts work. And I would like to see, you know, I guess Apple didn't even know where shortcuts was going to go. I don't think anybody did, especially when you create a framework inside iOS to be able to automate things. It lets people go wild and it really has gone wild. And I think what the community kind of needs to do moving forward is starting to document their workflows, their ideas, start making some, some standards, basically, you know, with, with Python, which is my main language, we have path eight, which basically gives us coding standards of, of how to do things that makes it easier for someone jumping in to be able to read. And I think if we were to have some kind of basic coding standard for, for shortcuts, we might be able to uh, make it a little bit easier for people to jump in and understand what someone's doing or different techniques. And I would, I would be really interested to see kind of where that goes. I'll definitely agree with that. And I think with that, we can, we'll go ahead and close the episode here. So in the next episode, we'll cover some further content on some recent shortcuts work that we've been doing. And we're hoping to get another guest on the show. And I do want to take a second here uh, before Miroslav closes off with the last statement and say, Thank you, Harley, for all that you've done with Routine Hub and for joining us here on the show today so that we can get kind of a, a voice to your name and also just get some of your ideas out there to the community in general. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. I really appreciate um, you guys reaching out to me and having this conversation. I know we're kind of closing out the show here, but... I wouldn't mind asking you both, what is the main thing that you would like to see in Routine, routine Hub in, in 2020? Oh, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> but I'm kind of hoping for like an app. Uh, you know, native? The, yeah, native. But I know that's very hard and like kind of weird because like the website itself is cool, but still an app is sometimes better. I agree. But I know it's like a, a lot of work. So, okay. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I guess for me, the uh, the one thing I would like to see for Routine Hub in 2020, overall, I think the site works great. And you touched on it a little bit with maybe needing some documentation on both education, which may be a separate project altogether. But And I think there's some sort of like fact that shows kind of how to use Routine Hub or to host things there. But maybe to have some update on the documentation side or an improvement in page loading speed. 
sometimes I've had some issues with uh, how quickly it loads and it's nothing that I guess is a, a big problem. You know, it's just a few extra seconds, but I wasn't sure if, if there was any update on that coming in this year, or is that something that's more of where the site is hosted? Um, no, that's, that's a good question. So you are right. The front page in general is, is the perpetrator on that one. Uh, most other pages are going to be pretty quick. That front page, mm-hmm. I've been experimenting with that trending shortcut section, which in my opinion could use a lot more work. We end up seeing, uh, oh, what's the one? It's that water one it shows up like every day. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one's been oh, in yeah. uh, the trending for quite a while. It's, Since it's... it was started. And that's not what I want. I want, you know, when I come, yeah, we all know what that is and how it works. Um, it's a pretty cool idea, but I wouldn't say it's trending today. It was trending months ago. So I'm, I'd like to work on that. To, and, and that honestly is a performance hog. So when you load that page, it's dynamically going, okay, what are the trending shortcuts right now? And I'm working on a fix for that. And, you know, what's interesting is I hadn't really thought about the actual um, education side of how to use Routine Hub itself. And that is a very good note. I will write that down and think about how we can do that better. And then as for the native iOS app, it's something that I'm exploring. I did buy a yearly license to get started on that. I just haven't had time to really sit down with Swift and, and get working on that but I'm hoping to start working that on that in 2020. Who knows? It might show up in 2020. It might be 2021, but that's something I'm definitely wanting to get on a roll. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. So see this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out.